0: Welcome to the Out of the Ordinary podcast. I'm Lisa Joe Baker, and I'm Christy Purifoy. Some of my favorite ordinary things are homegrown flowers, strawberry jam, and old books with someone else's notes in them.
1: And some of mine are hot tea, always with milk and sugar, a good movie, my mom's hand-me-down books, and Sunday afternoon naps. This is the podcast where we believe that the best stories grow out of ordinary life.
0: Get comfy. Here we go, Lisa Joe, here in the u s. We just celebrated Thanksgiving. Mm. How many Thanksgivings do you think you've celebrated? Gosh, now? a lot of them. It is officially
1: my favorite meal, just food oh. <laughs> food wise. It's my all-time favorite thing. I love it so much. I started celebrating them, obviously, with Peter's family okay. here. Before that, there were a couple of years where I had just, you know, friends I went home with, but I really date Thanksgiving to Peter's family. And it's funny because his mom, um, before Thanksgiving this year, had called because we we were at their house in, well, really at my sister-in-law's house in Florida, but with Pete's entire family for Thanksgiving this year. But she asked me, she had asked me ahead of time, you know, what kind of Thanksgiving foods do you want to make sure we have? Because the last few years we've hosted at our house and I said, Mom, what are you talking about? Like, I learned Thanksgiving from you. From you? <laughs> so whatever you make is what I think of as Thanksgiving, because that's what I make at my house now. I literally just transplanted all of the foods they serve for Thanksgiving to my Thanksgiving. So I that's mean, so great. And I will tell you, I make a lot Uh, Usually the last few years, we've had Peter's students over for Thanksgiving. So students who can't go home for Thanksgiving, we host at our house. It's one of my favorite things because I, of course, was an international student, you know, in the States Mm -hmm. who didn't have a family to go home to. So we host Thanksgiving. It's one of my all time favorite things, but I make excessive amounts of food. And it used to be so I could give the students food to take home with them. But I confess the last few years, it's because I've wanted to stockpile my favorite (laughs) meal.
0: So I could just eat Thanksgiving for a week? Because it's so good. What's your favorite American Thanksgiving traditional dish? It's so good
1: you see, for me, it isn't just one thing. It's the bite uh, that combines all of it. I agree. Right? actually. So yes. the, obviously, the turkey and then the very, the, you know, the core heartland foods of Thanksgiving, the mashed potatoes, the green bean casserole. I love me um, a sweet potato casserole mm-hmm. with the marshmallows on top. Oh, I yeah. set that on fire several years <laughs> because I didn't realize how flammable marshmallows are when you have them under the broiler. Must be careful <laughs> with that topic. One year, Peter students were very excited about the fire in our oven and helped me put it off and then scraped off the charred topping and assured me, Mrs. Baker, it still tastes delicious. (laughs) <laughs> uh, young we, people and are great you, you gotta have the um, pumpkin pie but peter's family always does it with the cool whip you know we don't mm. we don't make it fancy but man there's something about that cool whip slathered on top of a slice of pumpkin pie
0: were, <laughs> were any of these foods familiar to you from growing up in south africa or were they all new a little turkey
1: obviously okay. right so that's familiar and and mashed, mashed potatoes. potatoes but sweet potato casserole i had mm. never encountered in my life and that you would put marshmallows and something that you were cooking <laughs> <laughs> completely foreign to me. I'd never had pumpkin pie till I was here. Uh, I couldn't understand how a vegetable could be part of a dessert pie. That seemed really strange to me. I'd never had green bean casserole before here. And there's also a lot of, this to me feels like a very American thing. Actually, you and I had this conversation. Did we have this conversation where I said, what is the church lady equivalent? In America. Was this you and I having oh, this I don't conversation? Know. I was having the conversation with a friend where I said, what is the church lady staple that if there is a potluck, someone uh. will always bring? In America, and she, who I thought was you, but turns out I, I so. wasn't having this conversation <laughs> with you, told me the church lady staple in America is usually some kind of a jello. Ye- like, oh, I
0: was—that's what I, I was, was going to say. Gonna say? Yes, yes, right.
1: So, like jellos with things mixed yes. into them, right? Oh, I grew up with all kinds <laughs> of jello dishes. Yes. <laughs> so that was new to me too. Yes. And uh, the South African equivalent of the church lady jello here is quiche. We do oh. quiche. It's like oceans and oceans of quiche at church events. And Peter, my husband, who does not enjoy any of the ingredients of quiche, (laughs) eggs mushed up, you know, (laughs) bacon chopped up, onions, spinach, all of these he does not like. He'll always be like, oh, look the quiches have arrived the quiches have
0: arrived so quiche is not part of Thanksgiving here that's for sure I'll have to remember that because I love quiche so I'll remember don't make it for Peter Baker (laughs) or make it for Peter Baker and he'll feel like he's right back in South Africa Warm fuzzies. Well, I know whether you're American and you've just celebrated Thanksgiving with family or friends, or you are one of our international listeners, and you don't know anything about this this American holiday, we're talking about it because this really at least where we are, launches us into a very special season that we celebrate all around the globe. So this Thanksgiving holiday now launches us into the season of Advent and preparing for Christmas. And I am so excited to talk about this today because I think that it is at this time of year that ordinary life, just the daily, mm-hmm. regular ways that we live, gain so much significance and purpose and depth of meaning, and I like to think that that significance is always there, but it's at this time of year that we really feel it mm. and experience it. And the veil see it. feels really thin. Yes, yes, I think this time of year is a kind of thin place in time, actually. so I want to talk and and just hear from you, Lisa Joe what this season is like in your ordinary life with your family. I am looking forward to telling you a bit about what it is like at Maplehurst. And I will I'll talk about Advent. Not everyone is familiar with that term. We celebrate Christmas as Christians, but some of us belong to traditions that talk about this thing called Advent, which all I mean by that is just that season of preparation that comes before those traditional 12 days of Christmas. So. And I
1: will say, really, it's through my friendship with you that I've gained new understanding of this idea of Advent. I mean, you and actually my friend Ann Vacher. Vos- camp, who is, you know, every year so wonderfully leads us into the season of Advent and the Jesse tree and, and and the story that comes with it. I didn't grow up with any of that. I really didn't. I didn't know what it was. I didn't have an appreciation for it. I don't feel like I experienced the kind of weightiness of the beauty of ordinary life, Growing up, that I've now learned more as an adult. It's for me an, a learned taste, an acquired taste mm. um, that has added a new rhythm to our experience of Christmas. I will say for those listening, we just want to give a disclaimer here at the beginning <laughs> okay, of the conversation. <laughs> for those of you with young kids who are sleep deprived and exhausted, or those of you who are in a time, you know, similar to the last episode we just talked about going through big disruptions in your life, please, please receive this conversation guilt-free. You have permission to give it all a big fat pass, okay? Put your feet up. Watch the Hallmark Channel. Make hot <laughs> chocolate and call it good enough. Okay. For years, that's where I lived. I lived exhausted, had tiny children, but then I had this layer of guilt because I felt like I wasn't creating meaningful enough memories for my children. And I was constantly trying to live up to the standard I saw online. And that is ridiculous. Christmas is supposed to be about a God who enters into the universe to relieve our burdens, not to add to them. (laughs) So at the beginning of the conversation, take a deep breath, friends. You just lived through Thanksgiving. Dish yourself up a nice generous, helping of leftovers, have a slice of pie and some coffee, and take from this conversation only things that encourage you as you head into the season. That don't, is so true. We don't want to add to your burden. You have permission to just give it a big old pass and store this away for the future. So
0: we are officially writing out for you a get out of Advent free card. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> but I, I also think that, you know, it was when I was a young mom... That I started trying to figure out, well, what would what would the holidays look like for our family? What would they look like in our home? And some of that is just doing what you experience as a child. Some of that is, you know, through friendships, like you mentioned, your right. friendship with Anne, and we learn from our friends, or uh, maybe we're in a new church community and we see how they celebrate. So if that's you and you have these young kids and your own family traditions aren't formed yet, I I I heartily concur with Lisa Joe that you can just listen and I hope it'll be fun for you to think about some new ideas and Feel some inspiration, but do not feel obligated to put it into practice this year.
1: Take the parts of it that that feel encouraging and fun to you. And I remember for me, I mean, a large part of my journey into experiencing and celebrating Christmas differently was coming to spend Christmas with you guys. We brought our family and at that time I was trying to I was looking back at photos recently, and I think we'll put some in the behind the scenes email. But what how little our kids were.
0: They were so little. So this was our first Christmas at Maplehurst. Right. We had just moved here that August. Mm-hmm. I had had baby Elsa in September. What year was that? This was 2012. Wow. So Zoe was really only like one, one and
1: a half. It's wild to remember. That's crazy to me because she's nearly eight now. Because I remember vividly with all the stairs in your house being afraid
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> about what, how that was going to turn out. I think it was the first time in many years, many, many years, we lived within driving distance of one another. Right, You were in Virginia. And so we were just a couple of hours
1: apart. And one of the things I will say, because you you and I always try and talk about at least one book in every episode, is that you and I have a shared love for Tasha Tudor's book. Yes. A Time 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 to to Keep. keep. (laughs) And her name is spelled T-A-S-E. H.A. Tasha Tudor. Her book is called A Time to Keep. And the funny thing is, it was my mom's. I grew up with that book in South Africa. And what it does is it works through every calendar, a month in the calendar. And she is this incredible artist and illustrator, you know, treasure in the U.S. and illustrates how their family, really how her grandma's family celebrated each month. And you know, growing up in South Africa, a lot of it was foreign to me, especially because we don't experience seasons the way you do here. Mm. And it was just so beautiful to look at those pictures. And Christy, a, I love that you grew up with that book too. Mm-hmm. And B, coming to Maplehurst for me was to a small degree like stepping into that book. Because I feel oh. like not just Advent, but year round, you are a keeper of the seasons. I and am, And you true. have certain things. And what I love about you is none of them are big mm-hmm. or super fancy or, you know, undoable for those of us who don't like Pinterest. For those of us who are Pinterest fails. But I just have noted in watching you that you have these rhythms and then real pointers, like a marker you know, that you have. You do certain things for Valentine's and you do things for Easter and you do things then as you head into the fall season. And then I love how when it comes to Halloween, you actually go back to the roots of All Hallows Eve and you write and talk about this idea of how we recognize as believers. This is mm-hmm. a very fragile line mm-hmm. between life and death. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean for us when we think of it in the context of who we are in Christ? I love that you always unpack one layer deeper mm. than maybe what Hallmark is talking about, <laughs> right? Like you're taking it down to understand what's underneath this traditional season that shows up as decorations in Walmart. Mm-hmm. But they're all actually born out of something more meaningful. And so, coming to Maplehurst that first Christmas was a really fun experience of saying, oh, oh, they count down all these days. And mm-hmm. what is that? And so I'd love for you to just be a little bit of our guide on this journey into Advent. Like, what does it mean? And when does it start? That's always very confusing for me because <laughs> it's not a specific date. And what does it mean? And we have so many pictures in my head when I think about Maplehurst here. And one of the ones that really struck me that I then went onto Etsy and was like, I must buy one of those, is you have the. String of little mittens that are actually like tiny envelopes. That's right. That you string up in your house of the, you know, 25 days Uh and each one has, I don't know, something in them. You'll have to talk about that.
0: Yeah, that's a great place to start. (laughs) Because that is one of our oldest traditions. I started doing that when my firstborn was quite young. And this, this is why I think keeping the seasons can be is not a not a burden, right. not some extra thing right. we have to do not an obligation, but it's actually a way that it helps us order and organize and shape our ordinary lives in ways that make those ordinary days sweeter. More mm. meaningful, and so this is one of those. This is a tradition that uh, initially, when I describe it you 're going to think, "Oh my goodness, that sounds like so much work right, but I actually do it, and the reason that we 've done it year after year is that it structures our days in ways that make the the heaviness of tasks lighter, but the meaning of each day deeper. So mm. let me just dive in, so we have these twenty five little mittens that hang on a string. And they're made out of felt. They're yeah, little not felt real mittens. They're not and real you could mittens. use 25 paper sacks or right. 25 little cups or, you know, but just a small container for each day. And I do not put presents in each of those mittens <laughs> that is not what this is about. <laughs> or chocolates. Yeah. But I spend just a little bit of time before the season begins thinking about what are some of the things I want to make sure we make time for during Advent and Christmas and and before Christmas Day. So those are things, you know, they're gonna be pretty common for a lot of us. Like I wanna make Christmas cookies one day. Uh, One day we're gonna go cut down a Christmas tree. One day that we have this special Christmas book. I wanna make sure we have time to read that book. And I think what happens for a lot of us is we have a jumble of ideas in our head but we're still just living our regular lives. And it can be hard to make time for these extra things, or maybe you get closer to Christmas and you start to feel stressed because, oh no, we haven't done this or that or the other. So these 24 little mittens help me organize our days. So what I do is I'll just write on a little piece of paper and I don't do it all ahead of time. I'll I'll do it the night before often. I'll write on a paper make Christmas cookies, make gingerbread men, have a candy cane tea party, read a new Christmas book from the library, and I'll slip those notes in a pocket. So my children wake up in the morning, they come down with varying degrees of enthusiasm. <laughs> I will yes, t- admit life. right now, <laughs> because very occasionally when I have had life is busy and I have nothing no activities stick in the mitten. There'll be like a, a candy cane or a Hershey kiss or something for right. the kids. So then on the other days when there's no candy, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> get grumbles and bad attitudes. <laughs> um, but what that means is the things that we, we are going to do anyway now have a special... Day for them. They get noticed. um, They get celebrated. Oh, today is the day when we will make our first hot chocolate of the season or whatever it is. Or, oh, today, mom, you know, we're going to make marshmallows with mom. It could be extravagant. It could be like making marshmallows (laughs) with your kids, or it could be super easy. I got a Christmas book from the library and today we're going to read it. But I feel like at the end of those mittens, when we arrive at Christmas, I can look back and I can see. I can see a season of fullness and goodness that wasn't chaotic mm-hmm. or and yet I can know like look we kept this season right. we kept it well right. and we did it in these small simple ways these things that most of us are going to do anyway with our children right? but we've sort of spread it out over the course of the season so that's one way that we marked the days of Advent you asked about the particular days right, But <laughs> I,
1: I'll say this for those of you who are still wondering what is Advent mm-hmm. um, my understanding is it simply means The word means to wait, that we're waiting in anticipation. We're waiting, and it really is the sense of counting down to when Christ came and He redeemed all the broken parts of the world. We're waiting for that Savior in the same way that generation upon generation upon generation of Israelites had all waited for the Savior to come dating back to the Garden of Eden where God makes the first promise, right, that the seed of Eve would crush the serpent's head. And we are all, we've all been waiting, all of creation waits. We all ache and groan and wait for this moment. And so, we take those days to say, oh my goodness, here it is, we're counting them down. And the same way that you might count down to a special vacation that the family have all been expecting and have a paper chain counting down maybe to when your husband is coming back from his deployment. There's right. something about the anticipation of a special event that is sweeter when we are paying attention to the passing of time oh, as we paying wait for attention. it. Yeah. Yes, it's paying yeah. attention. And I'll add so to Christy's take on the mittens. So I saw them here. I loved what she does. But to offer an alternate way to approach this, I <laughs> am sort of authority averse which is a strange thing to say when i'm when i am the authority planning those things i still don't enjoy it i don't like knowing I have to do this today. Mm. So for those of you who might feel like me, the way I've approached it is I love the idea of counting down those days, but I also know what I'm capable of. Mm. And I'm much more of a spontaneous parent because it tends to be like, oh, look, I have the energy this afternoon. We're going to make cookies now. But if I promised it this morning and I don't feel like it this afternoon, I feel the drudgery and I feel like I'm locked in and I feel annoyed. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I'll just confess that. So the way we use ours, I went on Etsy and I just looked there are a billion stores that sell these, but these darling little felt pouches is really all they are. And they have the numbers, you know, counting down to Christmas and I have little wooden pegs and we peg them up on a ribbon. And, but we've been doing it for three years now. My kids love it. So Zoe, now that we've just passed Thanksgiving, is going to be coming in rummaging through trying to find those to hang them up because she knows that marks the beginning of the Christmas season. And so here's a fun Alternate idea for moms. Here's what we put in ours. We totally do put in little candy treats, like small little candy treats. Sugar is really big in our family, <laughs> as Christy knows. <laughs> But the other thing I do, because I want to put in something fun that's not just a candy surprise. And my kids love the idea of putting together a little Lego. And I know you can buy, you know, Lego Advents, Uh et cetera, et cetera. But what I tend to do is go online on Amazon and look for like a whole village or some little Lego thing that's been marked down. So it's Uh, like $15 or something. But it but I'll look at how many pieces it has. And so if it has like 25 little figures or, you know, including the park bench or the roundabout or whatever the village scene is, the last few years, I've just bought that and then segmented all the little pieces into the sacks. And so every day, my kids love it. And I think it's because I have two boys, but my daughter loves it too. They wake up and they don't each have something to build. There's one thing.
0: Ooh, that's good. You're yeah. asking for a little bit of sharing and And they take turns.
1: <laughs> yeah. And also, it's expensive to buy like a whole bunch of those yeah. Advent sets. So yeah, each day there's just one tiny little piece of the Lego puzzle that they put together and they're very excited about it. And then we work in a lot of the same traditions as Christy Readings or baking or whatever but for me it's a bit more ad hoc just depending on how i feel that day. I
0: love that like we can shape these things according to our right. personalities, temperaments, our season our families, of life, right. yeah, yeah, where our kids are at, what their needs are. Some kids are great with surprises, some kids are not. Right. You know, you take all of that right. into account. Yeah. I, know. I- And some of you might have Advent wreaths. I know that's another traditional way of marking these days. Uh, So we might count down from the first day of December to Christmas, or we might mark the traditional four Sundays of Advent that come before Christmas by lighting candles one more each week. But I'll tell you right now, and so that's an important part of what we do here in our family. But my children, my oldest is 15, my youngest is six, I will tell you, they still fight About who will light the candles, who will blow out the candles. We have not yet overcome that hurdle. And you light, you do the four candles, right? We do. So you light Mm -hmm. them, what, every Sunday of Advent? You know, it's been different year by year. So some years we only light our Advent wreath on Sundays and, you know, we sit all together at the dining room table and we do some special readings. Some years we have just been all in and felt super ambitious and we sit at the table around the Advent wreath every night and relight those candles every night Mm -hmm. and do a, you know, read a special Christmas book or something. So it has just depended on where we are as a family. so many of you have told us you wish you could visit
1: us here at maplehurst i have good news for you christy has the most amazing book coming out next year called placemaker and it really chronicles her journey to maplehurst and what life here at maplehurst looks like and for those of you who pre-order the book that comes out in the spring she has the most beautiful collection of gifts she wants to give you
0: Between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I am giving everyone who pre-orders a copy of Placemaker my illustrated guide to the four seasons at Maplehurst. This has been illustrated beautifully by Jen Tucker and each season, spring, summer, fall and winter includes four prints, one with inspiration for the kitchen, one for the flower garden, one with tips for the vegetable garden, and one with all of my favorite books to read during that season. How do people get access, Christy? Easy. Just head to christypurifoy.com. All the instructions are there.
1: So talk to me about the dates then. So as you're counting down and you're talking
0: about these Sundays of Advent, Mm -hmm. when does Advent actually start? So you always have four Sundays before Christmas so it just depends on when Christmas falls in the week so if Christmas is on a Monday then that last Sunday of Advent is going to come on you know Christmas Eve the day before Christmas so this year the first Sunday of Advent which would be the you know according to the traditional Christian church calendar would make that Sunday the first day of Advent and that would be this year December 2nd okay but all of this is it's sort of fun to learn about um, whether or not it's your tradition but it is not about following the rules (laughs) This isn't about rules. Not at all. This is just about keeping these days. And I think it's the waiting and the anticipation and the way that anticipation builds. Yes. And the reason that I think we, you know, that I love to give it such attention is that when we have really paid attention to the waiting and we have paid attention to the growing longing for the coming of Christmas, when Christmas finally arrives, it's like we're We're ready to really Mm -hmm. experience it Mm -hmm. and understand it. It seems to mean more and matter more if we haven't rushed up into that point. And I think it helps our focus not just be
1: on the gifts and the shopping list. Mm -hmm. It it reminds us that Christmas has got a a much larger narrative than that. Um it's funny to think about the candles in our in our house we actually have one of Anne Voskamp's beautiful Advent wreaths, which is beautiful
0: the spiral right Mm
1: -hmm. a wooden spiral. And so there's actually a candle for every day. Every year I just wonder if my children will burn our house down. <laughs> so it's like a flaming fire of 25 (laughs) candles by the end, but they love it. And so we might light those just for a very brief period at the end of the day. Some days we skip, some days everybody's frustrated and crabby and we don't light it. Some days we play catch up. We have tried in the past doing, you know, Advent devotionals for Mm -hmm. kids and reading out of the book. And I had a whole picture in my mind of how I thought it was going to go, right? My children would, you know, be like young cherubs gathered around the table as we came unto the Lord and read about Jesus. No, they're very bored. They get annoyed. They sigh. They roll their eyes. They ask, do we have to do this again? Oh my gosh, mom. And then if you try and take a picture for Instagram, it really is like World War III. So, we are not one of those families. But what I learned is it doesn't have to look like everybody else's version of Advent readings. And the last couple of years, actually, what we've done is we watch short videos. And my kids love that. And there's an amazing channel. If you haven't discovered them yet, they're called the Bible Project on YouTube. I cannot recommend it highly enough. And they have these incredible illustrated videos from every book of the Bible. They do themes as well. So we went, one year we went through the book of Luke and watched all the little videos related to that. They have ones about the Messiah explaining, you know, from the Old Testament through to the new. And if they can hold the attention of my eight, 10 and 13 year old, that might be an option for a parent listening. And each video clip, here's the bonus, is only like five minutes long. Oh, I was going to ask. That's great. Very short. Yeah. And my kids at the end will always say, oh, can we watch just one more? Can we just watch one more? And they are are for parent, they're fantastic. I mean, I learn stuff every year, but they're accessible for kids too. So that was our trade off. We just realized, you know, sometimes we read from a book, a lot of the times we watch a video, sometimes we just play music, we have Christmas carols on and I'll do the dishes, or we might start you know, making cookies. So, and sometimes we just watch a Hallmark movie. Mm-hmm. I just have realized there's freedom in this season to meet the needs of your own unique family. You're mm-hmm. not required to meet the needs in the way the internet is doing it. You have to find a way that's a rhythm that your family will be able to look back on the season and have enjoyed the waiting mm-hmm. and not have felt stressed the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm. It's been helpful for me to think of the season as not a a point of arrival, but as this journey, mm. this process. And that applies even to how Christmas shows up in our home in terms of decorating. Mm. So again, you know, each, your traditions are going to be your own. But for me, it's been really good and just a, a good, easy thing to lean into what I call slow decorating. <laughs> So um, Christmas in our house, in terms of wreaths or candles or, you know, whatever you have in terms of decoration, whatever that looks like in your family, doesn't all show up perfect on Mm -hmm. the first day of December or the day after American Thanksgiving, but it just slowly shows up. And I think actually that has become meaningful because it's like the season itself. It doesn't just boom, here it is, but it unfolds gradually. And mm-hmm. as the, you know, we a now we've added a string of twinkle lights on the porch railing, or, you know, a, a few days later, I've put a wreath on the front door as the little details of the season accumulate. First of all, it's just easier on me. Yes. <laughs> it's not, it's not this marathon, like get the house looking, you know, Pinterest perfect, but just this slow unfolding. It also means I can pay attention to just where we are as a as a family and how we're feeling and what we need. And and so it's not one more big thing on the to-do list, decorating the house. Right. Um, Right. Because some years we just can't do that.
1: Right. And I think this is one of those things where it really is the stage your family is in, the age of your kids, what you feel up to, how your year was, how exhausted you are at the end of the year. Because I just remember last year being exhausted. Mm. I was so finished after Thanksgiving, you know, speaking of interruptions, we had a very difficult disruption last year right before Thanksgiving. Um, uh, just the most dear aunt in our family passed away, and it was just devastating. And Peter ended up having to go to the funeral in Michigan, and I was home with the kids, and we couldn't all be there. And it was just, we canceled the Thanksgiving plans that we had had that year. We were going to have all these students over, and we ended up canceling. And everything changed it wasn't what i was expecting at all and so it meant that come christmas decorating time i just felt so low on energy and we actually traditionally are a family who while we are not good at keeping a lot of specific rhythms in the season the one thing we do is the day after thanksgiving we decorate for christmas mm. that's just become a sort of a hallmark for my kids and i think mm. it's because i don't have a lot of them <laughs> mm-hmm. that they embrace and just love yeah. and we inherited from people Pete's parents, um, well, I mean, I should say they passed down because they're still with us, but they passed off to us their Christmas village, which I just think is so magical. As an adult, even, I love it. We love setting it up. We love decorating the tree. We do a whole thing the day after Thanksgiving. But last year, I just told the kids, I just, I can't. I'm mm-hmm. so tired. We didn't have a Christmas village last year at really, all. I, I didn't realize that because I love your Christmas up. village. I, I, I just. That. I like I looked at the boxes and I could not face it. I just yeah. thought I can't. I don't have it in me and I just told the kids this year I'm sorry guys. And I think they were pretty tired, too, and, and weren't too upset that we didn't have it. It had just been a heavy, heavy year for us of some hard losses. But this year, they've started asking already, uh. we're putting up the Christmas village, right? <laughs> and so, this year, we weren't able to do it the day after Thanksgiving, because we were with Pete's family in Florida. So, as we head back now, it will be our focus will turn there. And I'm excited. I'm excited at the idea of having the Christmas village again this year. And I'm ready for it. So I think it's really, really important to listen to your own family, to Mm -hmm. listen to the rhythm you're in and the season you're walking through and to just please give yourself grace and know when you're entitled to a pass. And when mom just needs some hot chocolate and some alone time, that is okay too.
0: Mm -hmm. This is reminding me of one of our earlier podcast conversations about just those elements of ordinary life that sometimes are asking us to hold on tightly, yes, <laughs> and sometimes they're asking us yes, to just let to them let go. go, even if yeah. they've been really precious parts of our our family's story. Um, I so that's really interesting. It's good to hear that you you needed to take a break mm-hmm. and you were all willing to do that, but now you're, you're coming back to this tradition with yeah, I feel with ready, renewed energy I and committed. Yeah, <laughs> ready
1: to dig out those boxes this year. So we just hope that as you listen, this would just have given you permission. To lean into the parts of this season that are meaningful to you, that don't add to any burdens, but instead help remove burdens and create space for your family to connect with one another, but really to connect to the idea of what is coming, what we're waiting for.
0: Lisa Jo, can I tell just one more story? You don't need my permission. (laughs) Of course. I want to just end with the story of our, at least it's my favorite Christmas tradition here at Maplehurst. Oh my gosh! One year we have to come for this because you you weren't doing this yet when we We were here. We didn't do it that first year. We started it the second Mm -hmm. year, and honestly, it may have been because we were alone that year because we didn't. Uh, You weren't with us that year, so we didn't have friends with us. We didn't have family with us, and it's an interesting thing to consider that sometimes these special traditions, these rituals, are born out of. Places of of lack and of emptiness, mm-hmm. where you sense just a need for more, and you really want to mark the days in a more meaningful way because mm-hmm. your things feel a little empty. So I, I think that's why it happened the second Christmas at Maplehurst. And the tradition is this: I can remember as a child on Christmas Day, as we got later in the afternoon and the sun started going down, the dark started creeping up. Every Christmas, I would feel the same. I would feel this sadness mm. of knowing that another Christmas day was coming to an end. And in my childhood home, um, Christmas was really over after December twenty fifth. It wasn't really a part of our family or church tradition to observe the twelve days of Christmas, which was fine. But it just meant that the you know there was this real kind of disappointment. It, Late afternoon on Christmas Day. And, and just so, to be clear for our listeners, what do you mean by the 12 days of Christmas? Yeah, so again, just looking at the, the ancient and traditional Christian church calendar, Christmas really isn't just a day, but it was a season. Mm-hmm. And that season lasted for 12 days. So you may be familiar with um, the season of Lent, which lasts you know, over those 40 days. And these are not the 12 days leading up to Christmas, exactly. they're the 12 days it after began The Christmas. first day is December 25th, and that's the first day of Christmas. And then you have this this fullness of 12 days that takes you up to uh, Epiphany. Mm-hmm. And so, again, not some churches pay a lot of attention to this, others not so much. Again, I'm not, no right right, right or wrong way. I will say that it has been a good thing in our family to observe a fuller Christmas season rather than just a day because, because we love Christmas. Mm. So why, 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 not have, why not have a little bit more? And especially if we have really leaned into the waiting of Advent mm. and have even maybe postponed some of the more celebratory aspects of Christmas until the Christmas season. Well, if you've waited for those four weeks and then one day isn't enough, right? Mm. You want more. Mm. And so, so that's what the rhythm has started to look like in, mm. in our family. So what happens now at our house on, on Christmas Day is this. Uh, it starts to get dark, and I give my husband a nudge <laughs> or a wink, and by now he knows what it means, and he disappears. He heads out of the house, and I know what he's got. I know that he has a box of matches in his pocket. He has some jam jars with little tea lights or votive candles. He's got a bag with our nativity set. Many families have a a nativity set as part of their Christmas decoration. Well, uh, we don't put ours out during Advent or during the waiting for Christmas, and I save it for this day, and I save it for this moment, and this is why. Uh, My husband disappears. I give him a few minutes. It's dark now fully. And I gather up the kids, again, with some grumbling, (laughs) with some enthusiasm, depending on their mood. And I tell the kids, kids, we're going for a walk. They grab their coats. I hand each of them a flashlight or a little lantern. And we head out of the house. And it's dark. And it's cold. (laughs) And always, I think, the stars are extra bright. And um, even though we've done it a few years now, and at least my older kids know what's happening, they play along and they say, mom, where are we going? (laughs) What are we doing? And I say, we are walking. And we walk around the house. We walk through the front yard. We walk until finally someone sees something. Maybe it's my youngest. Maybe it's Elsa. She sees some lights. She sees the flicker of candlelight. And then she is off and she is running through the darkness with her little flashlight and she is heading for those lights. And we follow a little more slowly, (laughs) but we follow (laughs) until we arrive at some new place in our yard. And every year it's some new place and we find... Our nativity set, our little wooden stable that my husband and sons built themselves out of some scrap wood Mm -hmm. they found in the yard, and our little nativity figurines that I have um, just collected secondhand. Most of them came from eBay. But there, maybe it's um, half buried in the snow or some leaves tucked up against an old tree stump or something. There's Joseph, Mm -hmm. and there is Mary, and there's the little baby Jesus. And the first year Lisa Joe that we did this when we arrived and we found the stable and the little candles were flickering. I didn't have anything planned, but spontaneously in that moment beneath the the starlight and with our breath all frosty in the air, all of a sudden we were holding hands oh and goodness. we were singing Silent Night. <laughs> and it was such oh. a precious moment. So, you know, again, some years it is Not so sweet, and you know, the children are you know nudging each other and grumbling, and you know, it's real family life as well. But it's a beautiful moment towards the end of Christmas Day that tells us our king has come, yeah, it has really happened, and Christmas isn't over, but it is just beginning, and it is my favorite thing. Oh my gosh, I'm
1: all choked up. What a beautiful, (laughs) fresh take on the Christmas season! Ah, oh, Deep breath. I love it so much. Well, we hope as we continue to walk through the Christmas season with you through Advent toward Christmas Day, we'll continue to share with you some of our favorite stories. That lead up to the Christmas season. As usual, please give us peeks into your stories too. Oh my goodness. Is there a better season for peeking through the windows of other people's houses? Oh, you're right. Than Christmas when they're all decorated and you look in and the warm glow of how other families celebrate Christmas. We would love to get little peeks. So go ahead, tag me on Instagram. I'm at Lisa Joe Baker, or tag Christy. At Christy Purifoy. Or use our hashtag out of the ordinary podcast because let us all take some time to celebrate how we uniquely experience this Christmas season together. We are so looking forward to unpacking your stories as we walk toward Christmas together.